Hello there, this interview that you're about to hear was originally done by me, Sam Roscoe or Chris Prince for the Blue Moon podcast sometime between 2009 and now. That means if there's anything that sounds a bit out of date or if there's anything that's an obvious topic that we've not asked the guest about, it's probably because the interview is from a long time ago. This show is basically the Blue Moon podcast interview archive. All of the new interviews that we do with former City players and managers will go live on the Blue Moon podcast first, so if you like what you hear then please go and subscribe to that and there's a new show every Friday with a look at everything on and off the pitch for City. But for now enjoy the end of this generic recorded message and enjoy the interview with the person whose name is in the title of this episode. Well I brought my leg, I brought my leg at Norwich away which was the second game of the season Um, and you know from there it was quite tough, I'd I'd not had a long injury like that through my career and um, it was a tough time, I didn't know how to deal with it. Again, if I knew if I, if I, if I knew what I knew now, and you know, I'd, I would actually sp- would have spoken to players that have had long injuries, how they dealt with it, and that there again is is mental toughness, keeping yourself positive, and things like that. And I didn't, I did probably all the wrong things at the time to cheer me up a bit, and you know. I went out a lot, um, and again, you know, they, they were telling me, loads of people were telling me to calm down, and obviously Kevin Keegan had several words with myself um, before he'd really had enough. Um, I came back and went on loan to Notts County. I had a great time at Notts County, Billy did, and it was it was it was a great time there. We. Saved them from 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 getting uh, relegated again. It was a wonderful time at Notts County, um, but came back and just wasn't in his plans. But a lot was to do with my antics off the off the off the field, um, which you know, to be honest with you, you know, I feel maybe the 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 clubs that I've you know played at and things maybe could have done a little bit more to obviously help somebody in the same scenario as myself it's alright telling somebody to stop drinking, stop partying and, 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 and doing what they're doing give somebody a solution and they might How how often was it you were you were going out? It it, it, it varied, you know, I could I, I could I could could have stayed in for for weeks on end. Um you know and then it started off on a on a Saturday and sometimes rolled into us say sometimes it came quite quite a regular thing on a Sunday um, and then before long it was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday stayed off it Thursday, Friday and then play Saturday and, but the longer it went on it was Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday Thursday and even the odd Friday um, before you know, before big games. But again, I didn't know what addiction was. I didn't know how to deal with addiction. And um, and that's why, you know what, we work down at Wolves and try and help the youngsters to understand what is an addict, you know. I'm sure if you ask that question to a lot of people, what is an addict? You know, describe an addict. You know, what does he do? You know, how does he deal with his addictions? Um, 
I don't think there'll be many people that would be able to actually describe it or you know majority of people would think of a maybe a tramp on the park bench or something like that drinking his bottle of cider as it happens you can be addicted to anything and if you don't deal with it and you don't understand it it will it'll either kill you or it'll ruin your life and you know my addiction did get hold of me and it did ruin my life and I don't blame anybody for that I don't I don't I don't blame city I don't blame a, I don't blame my friends a lot of people go say oh it must have been your friends or it must have been the amount of money that you had well no because there's people out there who didn't have nowhere near as much money as I had but they're still killing themselves you, you know can, can can say well you know we had his chance he had his chance we told him uh, uh, numerous uh, numerous of times to stop drinking to stop you know going out but get me to understand how you know what is an addict and how an addict be behaves then do you know what I might stop there's people out there now that and I feel there'll be footballers out there that are just slipping through the net because they've they, they've got unsolved issues my issues were from 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 being a child you know and they they, they caught up with me later on in life and there were things that I didn't know how to deal with you know losing my parents at a young age and I'd never seen two people connect and have a healthy balanced relationship you know there's times when you know I was playing football and people were saying hey, you, you know you're doing a job that you love and this and that but if you're not happy in yourself you ain't gonna love what you're doing you ain't gonna be grateful for what you've got you know and it's like that with any I personally think it's like that with any job it's not regardless whether it's football if you're not happy in yourself I just don't think you're gonna go into any job and be raring to go or raring to be you know doing something that you love because your head's not there my head wasn't there for years and uh, I used to I used drink and drugs to get away from myself to get away from this empty hole that I used to feel you know and this empty hole got filled with alcohol women a cocktail of different drugs and um it got rid of it. It got rid of it for a while. When did you realise that you had a problem? When did I realise? I sort of already knew I had a problem, but I didn't know how to deal with it. You know. Um, you know, going into going into big games and knowing that the week that you've just had you've not prepared you you just you, you don't need to be einstein to realize you've not prepared for a game but i couldn't stop i couldn't stop you know and again you know there's there be there be people out there that 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 might that might relate to it and might understand that an alcoholic isn't just somebody that that goes home and has a bottle of whiskey 
every day. That person who has to leave work, go to the pub after work. The, you know, there's, there's a lot of sort of hierarchy bosses out there who will have to go to the pub before they go home because they say they've had a stressful day. They'll go and have two pints or three or four and then go home. But if they have to do that every day to chill out, I would say that's a problem. That person who has got an addictive nature might have one, then two. But as I know now that I'm allergic to it, once I put a drink into my system, that the mental craving for me doubles every time I put another drink into my system. So I have all intentions of maybe going home after two or three drinks. I then, oh, do you know what? I'll just have one more. Then I'm with the lads. So I can, you know, then I start lying to my missus. And then before I know it, I've had seven or eight and so forth. And then, and I used to do that so many times, so many times. So there's, you know, there's been loads and loads of different scenarios, but at the end of the day, like I say, when I, when I got to a point of, I was running out of money, I was physically, physically dying, um, you know, without going into too much detail of, you know, my physical sort of presence. That you know, there was parts I was, I was, I was coughing up and throwing up blood. Um, and that's just mine. I can't really go into great detail. I think I'd put quite a lot of people off the dinner and stuff like that. Um, I would only go to sleep towards the end. I'd only go to sleep when the, my body shut down. So I'd go, I'd go days, weeks without sleeping. And then at the end of it, I was, I was, I'd had enough. I'd had enough of. You know, I'd fallen out of love of myself. That was the thing. And I was praying to die, do you know what I mean? Because I was missing, I was missing my parents, you know. Without mentioning his name, I, I, there was a coach down at Wolves. He's known me for a long time. And, uh, he, he said to me, he thought I'd just fallen out of love with the game. He didn't know that I was a, chronic alcoholic and I was addicted to cocaine all the clubs that I played at all knew I had a drink problem and what what we do down at Wolves you know we help the young lads to understand what is addiction the characteristics of somebody that's not quite at ease with themselves you know, we've been at Wolves now nearly, nearly, nearly over three, three years now, and um, Mike's, Mike Wood's been seven years now clean and sober. I'm three years clean and sober, and um, it's crazy how we, I'm actually doing what I wish I had at Man City. Somebody coming in on on on, you know. On a regular basis, and actually checking up and see, 
and seeing how how, you, how your week's been, you know. I'm on the phone to the lads as well, and so is Mike. And you know, if they've got any issues to 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 talk to us about, you know, they can. I hope that you know, you know that we could maybe maybe branch this out into other football clubs, and uh, you know, be able to. Because one thing that players can't do is they can't hide the behaviours. They might be able to tell you that they feel great. But the behaviours tell you a totally different story. I know a load of the lies that I used to tell and all the, you know, the blags that you try and give people to, to, to try and cover up what's really going on for you. And you can only do it for so long. Do you think the hardest this, the hardest point you had was was making that call to the to rehab? Yeah. Yeah. Probably one of the hardest things I've ever done was actually ask for help. So I know how hard it is to ask for help. So I can totally, totally identify with these lads that don't want to ask for help because, you know, young lads trying to break into a first team or trying to make a career, not exactly going to say, hey, do you know what? I've been dealing in drugs um, at the weekend because they'd be scared of getting judged or flung out of the club. I had to go to the to my past to understand why I acted in certain ways, why I did certain things, and you know, they basically strip you down, right down to your you know your skeleton, and then just start to make you understand the person that you are, because I didn't know who I was. That was the scary thing, you know. 28, 29 years old and I didn't know who I was. You know, that was hard. And then you start to find out more and more about yourself and not you tell me a person that likes to likes to hear that the way they're living their life ain't correct, their decision makings you know, in life are not the right ones and you know they start pointing out blind spots in your life, um, and if you don't want, to, if you don't know what blind spots are, blind spots are basically something that I can see you doing, but you don't know you're doing it. And uh, I had a lot of blind spots, and you know, they got opened up, and you know, I still, hey, I'm not, I'm not at all perfect today, but you know what, I have got today. I'm truly happy in myself. And that was something I couldn't find. Just to start with then, I'd just like to uh, take you back to the morning of the Wembley game and just kind of get how you were feeling at the at the start of the uh, the start of the day. I remember obviously getting up in, in the morning and still feeling like, wow, are we really gonna be playing at, at Wembley? Because obviously it's a bit of a, you know, bit of a dream really, um, you know, to actually think, wow, you know, it's such a, such a huge stadium and you know with all the history and stuff like that there so quite uh, quite nervy but you know probably not as nervous as when you actually eventually walk into the stadium you know because usually you know trying to have a bit of light banter um, you know try and keep it uh, not keep your mind off the game because obviously if you're just thinking constantly 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 about the game you can really sort of put yourself under some real you know real pressure 
I want to ask about that because um, both Kevin Horlock and Joe Royal have told me about this. Um, a little competition you and you and Kevin Horlock had in the rain. Um, oh, remind me, jog my memory. Uh, Kev- Kevin Horlock tells me that uh, you and he were uh, were stood out in a monsoon and uh, both refused to go in before the other one. <laughs> yeah. Um, Kev was a great character in the dressing room. I mean, he was just, you know phenomenal for the dressing room it really was um, yeah I, I don't know who come up with that idea you know what I mean it was just you know you look back at some of the stuff that uh, that we did and I think things like that it it helped people to to, to bond and what have you um, I had that connection with Kev as well with the Northern Ireland um, you know connection and it, it was just you know, it was it was a joy to be around. You know, because he was he was a he was such a such a funny funny character. I couldn't even tell you what I think we had. I think we actually might we might have actually walked in together, um, hugging each other. I think I can't I can't, I can't, can't remember exactly that one. But he, t- uh, he tells me you went in first. Oh, he, he would say he would say that he would say that. That's it all over. No, no, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I think we ended up just walking in together, looking at each other, and thinking, "What are we doing now?" Here? <laughs> so then, on, on to the kind of like the pre-match stuff. Um, you, you board the coach at, at the hotel, and you're, you're heading towards Wembley. What do you remember of, of kind of how you were feeling on the journey? What you, what you could see at the time as well around London? Again, you you know, when you're on the way to you know when you're on the way to games and stuff like that, you can sort of start to play a game in your head that. You want to play a good game. You want to have a great first touch and things like that. But although, because you're not there yet, you know, what I try to do is just try and, again, you know, talking to lads and trying to just keep it, because otherwise, yeah, you can really start to feel pretty nervous about it. So, um, just again, when you know, the drive up to the stadium is, you know, it's just like, wow, you know, trying to, trying to soak it all in, really, um, and really... You know, just be in the moment, really. Uh, and again, and then you get off the coach, and it's like, wow, we are actually going to be playing here, you know. And uh, I remember walking, uh, walking into the stadium, dropping our stuff off, and then actually walking out through the tunnel. And you just, it's one of them. Main road was big, and you know, Wembley's just a total different kettle of fish. It was just like, wow. Well, I was going to say it's a, it's a big pitch, and you ended up playing not only the whole game but the whole of extra time as well. So how how were you feeling throughout that? Do you know what I remember uh, going into extra time and just feeling I was ex- I was feeling exhausted, but I was also I was absolutely starving, and you know we didn't have any jaffa cakes or anything like that, or, or and it's just something that. You know, you see some players, you know, they run off and they grab grab a little something, have a little bite. And um, I could have really done with a little energy boost um, going into extra time because I was, I was, I was absolutely, I was so hungry and I was getting a sort of, almost like a sickly feeling because I was so hungry. Um, and then trying to get rid of that hunger feeling just through obviously, you know, drinking fluids and what have you. But, you know didn't feel like it was giving me a huge energy boost and you know the rest was just basically willpower and obviously just wanting to keep going and um, you know till the body actually starts cramping up or you just got to keep going that's it 
and it was it was a wet day as well, so the pitch must have been quite hard to run on and keep going in. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't too heavy, you know. It wasn't too heavy, you know. It's you know it was always you know well, well looked after. I didn't I didn't feel like the pitch was really really heavy. It was you know for any footballer that little zippiness on the pitch is is, is a joy to play on really. Um, you know you know ask most footballers who prefer a bit of dew on the pitch than it being completely bone dry. Um, at least you can put some good sliding tackles in as well without, without the skin coming off, you know. So, well, you, you mentioned a, a sliding tackle there. Um, just about midway through extra time, uh, there was a low cross came into the box that you slid to get across. Was it handball? Do you know what? I think it was. Um, you know, I've not intentionally got you know gone to uh, handball it, but you know it has hit my hand, and again, it could have been another turning point. You know. Um, but again, these things happen so quickly that you know you're not. Sometimes you're just not conscious of you know actually just stay on your feet. You want to just stop the ball. You want to go in and get that you know win that tackle. So you know things like that is um, you're just going off instinct and um, you know trying to you know defend defend for your lives really. And you know at times they've they've been given you know. In, in certain games now at 2-0 were you were you thinking it's over we, we, did you have any idea that, that the club could get back into it I just looked I remember looking at the clock and just thinking do you know what it, it, there was about three or four minutes left um, and just feeling like Geez, we got this we've got this far you know we've got this far and um, you know surely we, we just can't we can't die out now, even though there's only a few minutes, a few minutes to go. Um, and I think also with the, the the squad of players that we had and stuff like that, we had a real good good. Because I can't remember being in such a, you know, a team, a squad of players that actually, you know, when we ended up getting promoted and getting promoted again, those two squad of players was phenomenal. You know, and we we trained hard. We you know we did have a good laugh off the field as well, and um, and I think that's that's why a lot of the games you know we did we fought hard together, and um, you know just like this game you know we we fought to the end, and uh, you know luckily obviously going into extra time, going into the penalties, it, it went our way. Well, having having come back from from two 0 down, going into penalties, were you were you confident at that point? Did you did you think even though you know it's it's a fifty fifty shot whether you win or lose, you still you're the team still with the ascendancy? Yeah, I think obviously, you know, being Man City, we were we were always one of the favourites. You know, however, the quality of you know some of our players as well, you know. I don't think at that point I could have even kicked another ball. I was so so. Exhausted and tired, and I was thinking, you know, that sort of dizziness and what have you. So the lads who actually got up and took the penalties, all credit to you know, there were some good, good penalties, and uh, to take penalties at that stage of the game, you know, it's. Um, I know how how much pressure there is. You know, I never took one at, at Wembley. I ended up taking one at Sunderland, and um, you know, I ended up missing my penalty. But so I understand how much pressure. Uh, you know, the lad, the lads were under. And how much of an advantage was it to have it at that end as well? Yeah, no, it was good. You know, to have it, you know, where our fans were and things like that. You know, it's 
it's good because we didn't have too far to run apart from obviously when Weaver went on a frigging running spree afterwards and uh, you know I think I nearly cramped up then <laughs> I soon got a burst of energy then you know um, but no it was it, it was a you know delightful to obviously have it you know in front of our in front of our fans you mentioned burst of energy. You were the first person to uh, to catch Paul Dick off after he'd scored. Yeah, 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 yeah. I did get told. I've been told that a few times that uh, you know when people scored, I was always one of the first to get there. I was always round the box then. You know, wasn't one of, wasn't one of my talent scoring goals. Um, I just think I felt maybe that uh, you know if I if I set a goal up and someone scored off it it almost felt like I scored a goal anyway do you know what I mean and um, and again I love the celebration there was times when we would be actually in the dressing room and we would come up with stupid celebrations I think if you look at one of, one of the seasons I think it might have been in the, the, the next year there's a load of daft celebrations they all came from the dressing room then. They, they were all just stupid cele- celebrations that we all you know, some of us just got together and went, oh, let's do this. Because, again, we were pretty confident that we'd, we'd, you know, we'd score goals. Well, there was one, I, th- I remember one from one of your goals that was um, the, the entire team just doing forward rolls towards the Kipax. <laughs> yeah, yeah, again, you know, there were just silly silly moments. I remember there was one that me and, um, me and Lee Bradbury did at one time. We did a fox in, 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 in the corner by the main stand, right in the corner, friend of mine uh, asked us would we do this 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 fox uh, if, if anybody scored and I went in and asked the lads and they're like yeah 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 let's do that my mate was just because he was at the game he was all over the moon you know it was absolutely made up yeah they, were, they just come up for different things when we you know we might have gone out might have seen something and what have you and you know we just try and uh, you know Put a little good, good little spin on it. Good little bit of banter for you know for the lads, and it gets everybody guessing what was that all about, you know. So now I want to ask you. Last time uh, we spoke, uh, we talked about the work you're doing with uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Yeah. Um, are you still up there? Now? Not still up there because obviously Mick moved on. Um, things obviously changed uh, there, you know, which was uh, you know unfortunate. And obviously, new people come in. They want you know they got different ideas. So that, unfortunately, no, we're not there anymore. But that's something that do you know what who knows um, you know at some point we maybe get back into another football club and maybe doing the same sort of thing I'd, you know I think that that kind of job could be a full time job um, having having mentors in football clubs and trying to have lads um, on a daily basis where somebody's actually you know being able to see the lads and you know and really try and understand them and they've got somewhere to go and actually let off what's really going on inside him and that's been one of the big things that I feel that maybe football's maybe lacking a little bit where you know it's all about the football can you play football great if not see you later um, and maybe not quite so bothered about actually what's actually going on in the brains and actually what's going on in these these especially the younger lads are the most vulnerable um, or even some of the, the top pros some of the top pros are under some immense pressure uh, you know where do they go and uh, unfortunately football is you know what people don't see is uh, they're human they have all the same feelings as other people in every you know day jobs and stuff like that the football side of it is there's a lot more pressure there's a lot more pressure the players put more pressure on themselves 
and um, some some players don't know how to express that, you know, and they just keep it to themselves because it, football has that, uh, you know, if you show sort of a sign of weakness, um, you know, people sort of jump on you, and uh, you know, it's, uh, I'd love to see that just getting totally kicked out of the game and have lads speak freely of that, you know, how they're feeling. And of course, um, obviously, uh, you, you yourself, uh, you've had, you've, you've overcome all your problems. You st- uh, everything's still going, going fine. Yeah, going well, going well. I've just passed my uh, UEFA B coaching license, which is uh, really thanks to Mick McCarthy because he's he's the one that really prompted me to go on and do that. So uh, that was, you know, an absolute joy. I'm trying to do more coaching and things like that, and hopefully one day maybe find myself, you know, managing a team. That's you know the next best thing to you know to playing um, you know although I love cars and stuff like that football is my passion it's something that I'd love to find myself uh, you know back in there however you know working for uh, you know Mike Wood and Jeff McKenna here they've given me a, a great opportunity to work at Stop a Car Supermarket and to sort of Started to rebuild my life after coming out of football and not knowing what I was going to do after football, and um, you know, to give me that opportunity to come in and, and, and to do something completely different, totally out of my comfort zone. I've got you know, there's a, a, a lot to be grateful for for working for um, for Stockwell Car Supermarket, and like I say, Mike Wood and Jeff McKenna, they've been um, you know, real true friends, and uh, you know, they've not just help me but they've helped help my family and uh, you know can't, can't thank them enough now one one final thing i want to ask about is uh, you mentioned the uh, the camaraderie in the in the city camp that type that type of thing um at the at the end of joe royal's tenure at the club yeah. there was newspaper reports about things like a drinking culture that sort of thing um speaking to some of the other lads it was it, it all feels like it's been kind of blown out of of what what the proportion was but for for someone like yourself who who was an alcoholic, yeah, how did you kind of cope with that at the time? It was just part and parcel of the football. It was all about um, you know when you, when you went out and you went out and bonded together. It was a case of yeah, you go out and you go and have a few drinks together, and you know some things um, came out on those you know uh, bonding sessions where lads got stuff off their chests and stuff you know because they've got a bit of Dutch courage and. You know, there was no no big fights or anything like that, but it was able to get it out in the open. And um, but you know, for for me, it was just a case of that's what that's what you did. You know, you know, I didn't I didn't see it at the time as oh, you know, this is out of order or whatever. You know, you go go back from when I was playing and go back even further and ask all the other oh, oh you know. Your Ace of Hartfords, your Joe Royal, your Willie Donickeys, and people like that. Go and ask them what they did when they were team bonding. You know, I'm pretty sure they'll tell you the same. They went out, they went out as a team, they went out as a squad, and and uh, they had a few drinks and they had a giggle together to just try and get away from the everyday training, hustle and bustle, and uh, you know the pressures of football. And it was, you know, just just a release. Um, you know, my own, you know, my own problem was that, you know, I. I young lad and you know chasing women and things like that it was just out of proportion and without me understanding um, that it was such a major problem and actually you know 
I didn't know there was a solution and you know I wish somebody gave me the solution <laughs> 13 years ago you know it would have been uh, would have been a lot better but you know I can't I can't look back and think oh well Jesus you know he's been bankrupt and hopefully you know should have had a few, few, few quid still and, and what have you because at the end of the day um, I'm a happier person today I can look people in the eyes and can you know I don't have to I'm not hiding anything and um, you know I'm not waiting on a phone call where someone's going to be giving me grief because I've been you know doing the wrong thing or I've been you know I've been out and I've been too drunk to remember someone's going to come knocking on my door I don't have any of that so you know apart from the stresses of working with Greg <laughs> no, no apart from this job right apart from the job the job and I don't think it's just this job. Any job, there's stresses, you know. Um, you know, my life's, you know, I have a, you know, I have a nice life. And I don't have the, what I thought would, would, would be true happiness with all the materialistic things and, and what have you. And I realised today, that's just not important. It's not important. The materialistic things are not important. They don't make you happy. It makes you happy for a short period of time and then what next what next you're looking for the next new gadget the next new clothing or whatever it doesn't make you happy inside for you know for the rest of your life and that's something I've, I've had to work on and had to actually find out how do you actually get true peace and happiness in yourself and uh, you know say I've not looked back I've got loads of regrets Um you know, mainly with just the amount of people that I'd hurt, you know, in, in, in the past through through my drinking. Um got regrets through football and things like that because yeah, you know, I'd love I'd love to have, you know, really um challenged myself and lived a better life and, you know, I, I even though I'd 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 love training, I think my training regime would be, you know, completely different if I had my head that I've got now, um if 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 I was few years younger you know well Jeff uh, just one final question from me um, the way that City came back at Wembley to win uh, promotion in that year uh, was there ever going to be any other way that they would win the Premier League for the first time well do you know what it was it was immense it really was um, you know I just I just think that you know our, our, our part to play in you know where City are today is something that I think will be remembered f- forever. Um, you know we tried as a squad um, to achieve as much as as much as we could. Um, you know we, we, we obviously didn't we didn't win any big cups or anything like that or win the Premier League. So to actually be there when Aguero put that goal in. I gotta tell you, you know, I was in tears that, that 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 day. I really was. I was in pieces. I just I was just running like a madman, jumping on it. Anybody, um, you know, going crazy. So it was it was good to be on on sort of both sides. You know, obviously being at Wembley was was an immense day for the players, the fans, because it was a long a long season. Um, so being there as a player and being there as a fan um, was truly emotional it really was it was just uh, it, it people say oh you know nobody top top Wembley and the way it finished but 
you know, Aguero's goals, way, you know, ears up there because it was just, it was just amazing because he could have gone down, couldn't he? He could have gone down, and um, you know, he's just an awesome player to watch, and uh, you know, I'd love, love to have played in that squad. Yeah.